Anecdotal Basics of Christianity, Episode 29, Kingdom Economics. I realise that I'm venturing onto dangerous ground with this one. People can be a bit touchy when it comes to money. I'm heading in anyway. Let's start with some questions. How generous is our Father? What reports are there in the Gospels of Jesus engaging in financial transactions? How generous should we be? What did Jesus think of bigger barns? What did Jesus think of the widow's might? What does good stewardship look like? How good was Jesus at being on the receiving end? What does it mean for us and our finances that God is our Father, Provider? What does it mean for us and our finances that we are inheritors of the kingdom? That's probably enough questions for now. If you've allowed yourself any time for reflection on them, you'll no doubt have found that you're accompanying me into that dangerous territory I mentioned. I think it's worth noting that there's nothing I can find in the Gospels to back the financial strategy of applying common sense to come up with a reasonable budget and then seeing if there's any left over for God. What's more, giving a tenth of everything and doing what you like with the rest doesn't seem to fit the teachings of Jesus. Tithing, or giving a tenth, is scriptural, but it is part of the old covenant. It is law, and in this matter, as in all things, Jesus draws from us an even more gracious, generous, kingdom-minded attitude than the legalistic practice of tithing. He said, for example, Freely you have received, freely give. Matthew 5.10 Sorry to disappoint you if you're expecting what follows to be a list of neat answers to the previous questions. That's not my plan. I'm going to lay out a little smorgasbord of ideas, and if you're still hungry at the end of that, then have a look at the Gospels and ask God some more questions of your own. Here goes. Probably the most well-known, most quoted verse in the New Testament is John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave. God demonstrates his love by giving. And not just giving, but giving the best, the most that he can his very self, his son. If we are not givers at heart and in practice, can we really call ourselves kingdom people? Jesus was so angered by the money changes in the temple that he turned their tables upside down, scattering all the money. He said that their behaviour had no place in his father's house. Jesus called the rich, bigger barn builder a fool. Jesus honoured the woman who gave her little, because it was also her all. Jesus was a carpenter for a while, and presumably he earned money for his efforts. We're not told what he did with it. Perhaps the soldiers who drew lots for his garments were drawing lots for all his worldly goods. When he sent them out on mission, Jesus told his disciples to take nothing with them for their journey, and he is specific, no extra belt, tunic. In fact, 
Elsewhere, he says that if you have an extra tunic belt, etc., and your brother lacks said item, then you should give it to him, not for a price, not even for a small donation to a good cause. Just give. A great deal of Jesus' ministry involved travelling, and we can assume that he practised what he preached and took nothing with him. How did he manage? By receiving as well as giving, and he wasn't afraid to ask on occasions. He asked for, commandeered, the disciples' boat at the beginning of his ministry. He regularly stayed at the home of Mary and Martha. Presumably, he ate his share of the little boy's lunch. He sent for a donkey and asked for a room to be prepared for the Passover feast. His body was laid in a tomb, which was paid for by another. Jesus not only gave freely, he also received freely from others without shame, nor over-the-top gratitude, knowing that he was about the Father's business. He models for us the interdependence intended to be a key feature of the body of Christ. Jesus said a worker deserves his wages, Luke 10.7. But the first half of that sentence is far less frequently quoted. In full, it reads, Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. This scripture implies that the wage for the work of mission and ministry is hospitality for the duration. Nothing more is mentioned here. When Jesus needed money to pay his taxes, he instructed a disciple to find the amount needed for both of them, in the mouth of a fish. The queen doesn't carry money with her. Jesus didn't carry money either. We are royalty too. Am I suggesting that we shouldn't carry money either, be that cash, card, phone or watch? Perhaps not, but I would suggest checking just how tightly you're holding it. In the preparation for one of our house moves, when a great deal of downsizing was required, in the process of sorting, I set aside a number of items that I thought were worth something with the idea that I would investigate the possibility of selling them after we had moved. One evening I sat on the floor in front of the television with said items and the necessary paper and boxes to carefully pack them. I hadn't got very far into the task when God interrupted my TV viewing and asked, What are you doing that for? I told him what I've just told you, but he wasn't impressed with my answer and asked the question again. What are you doing that for? I don't know if the extra emphasis on the last word this time was real or imagined, but I understood why he was asking. The truthful answer was, for money. I repented and continued wrapping the items that were now destined for a charity shop. My bit of good stewardship on this occasion was to select a charity that had good ethical principles. Jesus said that we cannot serve both God and money. If we are giving our time and efforts to anything that is purely for the acquisition of money, then we are effectively robbing God. Perhaps the most important thing about being a good steward is remembering that we're stewards. That is to say, 
that all we have is God's anyway and we merely hold it in trust for him. 1 Chronicles 29.14 reads, Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. And James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. I think it comes down to this. God is our Father and our Provider. He told a story where a good father was prepared for his beloved son to become so low and so desperate that he ended up eating pig swill. It seems that all that we need and more besides is not guaranteed if we just choose to swan around doing our own thing. Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount that if we seek first his kingdom, then all these things, and that's home, clothes, food, etc., are provided as part of the package. I've learnt that when I have a financial hurdle to face, and our lifestyle means that that's been fairly often, then my prayer is not, please hurry Lord, I need such and such, but Lord, show me where I am failing to put your kingdom first. Amen.